Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Today, Marcus and I sit down with our good friend, Jordan Shallow. Um, if you guys don't know Jordan Shallow, you should. He puts out great um, content and courses through his company, Prescript. Um, he's also the muscle doc on social media. He's working. He's down here in Miami, actually living in Miami. He's been all over the world. He was living in Dubai before, but now he's living in Miami and he is working um with House of Athlete, which is also a cool gym up in Weston, if you guys want to check that out. Um, we kind of go over anything and everything in this podcast. We started off talking about him living in Dubai, and we somehow ended up talking about AI and if it's going to ruin the world. Um, it's a great episode. It's always awesome catching up with Jordan, so you're not going to want to miss this one. As always, make sure you screenshot this episode while you're listening to it, post it up in your stories on social media, tag me, tag Hybrid Unlimited. You can tag uh, Marcus and Jordan for brownie points as well. Uh, doing that will get you automatically entered in a draw to potentially win some Hybrid Legacy brand apparel, which is the official apparel of the podcast as well as Hybrid Performance Method as a whole. While you're at it, Check us out at hybridstrengthcoach.com. That's where you can find all of our online workout programs. Um, we have everything from weightlifting and powerlifting to strongman, bodybuilding, general fitness, traditional sport, athletes, supplemental programs, all sorts of stuff like that. It will also comes with um, an online community in Discord where you can get unlimited form checks uh, and communicate with coaches and doctor mods who can help you with everything from peaking for a meet to injuries, uh, everything in between. Uh, you can get seven days free at hybridstrengthcoach.com just click the seven day free box at checkout sit back relax enjoy another episode of hybrid unlimited quick shout out to our sponsors at cured nutrition they've got you covered from waking to sleeping some of the supplements that i love from them are rise zen and cbn oil starting with rise that is a supplement that's going to help you wake up get focused get ready for your day no crash no jitters none of the stuff that comes along with a caffeine supplement zen is an awesome sleep aid if you're a person that just wants to sleep better deeper longer that's a supplement for you it does not have melatonin so it's not going to make you groggy if you guys have tried melatonin you know that one it can give you weird dreams and two it can leave you groggy and moving slow in the morning this does not have that their final supplement that i'm super pumped about is called cbn oil that one is a combination of cbd cbn and thc if zen is like a handgun this is like a bazooka this is the ultimate most potent sleep aid on the market this will have you sleeping deeper longer better all that good stuff no need to count sheep you're going to be knocked completely out by this supplement i swear by it i think you guys are really going to like it and if you want to read more about the ingredients click the link that's either in the show notes or the caption depending on where you're watching this and use code hybrid in all caps at checkout for 20 percent off i'm getting these ads now for shirts that fit nicely on on I fat people. I, I get, get those too. You know, I think it's Big probably clean tees, but it's yeah, probably yeah, yeah. like just, hugs in the right places, right. and it's loose where you where the fat is. It's probably just a numbers game, though. The majority of people are demographic are probably overweight ish. Well, did you hear? So George just said that I got roasted on a YouTube short because they said that I need to upgrade to a double XL. <laughs> I got news for you, Mister Internet Man. <laughs> I feel like we should have a regular person mannequin for scale for Marcus in the corner. Yeah. I don't know what the internet thinks. I'm already there. I'm a double XL. They just don't, you can't go to a normal store, no. even like a Lululemon. They just don't make anything bigger. Yeah, it's a problem. Especially Lululemon. <laughs> it's that's a problem. 
Yeah, you have a no. problem with Lululemon. I have. I What's have... your problem with Lululemon? Great Canadian business. Yeah, just because that's their double XL. What I, other options do I have? Go to another store. Where Nike does wonderful things with larger <laughs> individuals. You know what? I have to maintain this balance between comfort and professionalism. Okay, and that's like, where that's what I, could, I sat on a sales call with the whole executive team from a two billion dollar bank just now, yeah. and like I passed. I looked normal. They accepted <laughs> me as one of their own. They didn't oh. question the shirt. We're in different industries. That's how you. That's how yeah. you stay undercover, huh? I'm just not going shopping. I'm not doing it. You ever you ever been shopping? It's a horrible. It's my experience. goal this year to not go to a grocery store. As a 2020, I've never made a resolution, and part of it's moving. Your to resolution my, this year is, is to not, not go, go to grocery, grocery shopping. Store. To have that shit delivered right to my house. I feel like you're a big part of that. Yeah, yeah. You're all about like optimizing time. I never, I never order Uber Eats until I met this man, and I'm like, hold on, hold on. It just comes to the door. It's like, yeah, that's right. And I was like, yeah. My next 2024, it's gonna be. I'm gonna be done with laundry. That that's was a big one. That was I. That's nice. There's so many times I'm with you where it's just like the whole day revolves around planning and planning and planning. And then like by the time we get to a location, there's like just food magic. You want to hear a hilarious one the other day? Yeah, I please. was driving home from a Panthers game and uh, wife calls me. The dog is sick. We got to go to the emergency vet clinic, but I'm fucking starving. The new dog? Yeah. It's just, it's just that's what babies do. They just are sick. Yeah. Right. So we're like, I'm like, I don't want to risk it. Peace of mind. Let's just go. I'll pick you up out front. So we get to the vet and I don't tell her because I don't know how to broach the subject because like, right. I forget what show it was, but it's like, um, it's Seinfeld probably. It's like, how can you be hungry at a time like this? Wait, did you have the food delivered to the vet? That's correct. And what did they say? Uh, well, I showed up and it like wasn't there, but it said what, it was delivered. Is it uh, Miami uh, vet specialists. Uh, uh, it was like late. It was like 10 30 oh, at night. Okay. I got chicken kitchen delivered oh. and I walked in. And That's a Miami secret, man. Dude. I don't so know if it's a Miami it's secret. It's a meal prep service. It's amazing. It's the best. Yeah. It's like if you don't tap into that in Miami, you're missing out. Yeah, we just got one near the house. But she's like distraught about the dog and concerned. And then she should like you're just check there. her in. And I'm just like, uh, is there a package delivered here? And she's like, what the fuck? And then I was like, are you, are you Jordan? I'm like, yeah. And there's just like hands yeah. from behind the door. Here's your chicken, sir. Uh, you had them working for you. Yeah. Their secretary was your Listen, secretary. I paid for it. Don't you worry. Like, it's almost like the mechanic thing where you go to a vet and they just got you. Oh, right. 100%. It's like it's a Johnson rod. Like, that's going to be a Johnson. Like, that sounds <laughs> really expensive. Fuck, yeah. Animal. <laughs> and they can't true. tell you, right? That's the hard part. Well, yeah, because you're there in a time of distress and, like, you yeah, know, like, you know, it's like, uh, it's one of those, ah, I'm so well, sorry. You know, the pet's in there and he's, you know, not yeah. feeling well. So you got to make the family feel comforted. And the least yeah. you could do is take the chicken well, to the door. And they make yeah. you feel like uh, at the vet, it's like, this is the best thing that we recommend. Yeah, it's people who love or their pets. Or you can be a piece of shit. <laughs> right. Which one are you going to choose in front of all these it's people? It's insulting the options you get. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I, I didn't know that until like, you know, we started going to a vet like three years ago and we got Luke. And, you know, you go and then they do the whole, you know, they they, they, they touch all parts of the dog and they shut the finger up the ass and all that stuff. And then, I don't know what they do, but then they come out with the options, like a menu of like, all right, sir, well, here's about 16 different treatments you could give your dog. And like, if you want them to be optimally healthy and they give you the like little like the look they pause like this is the best course of treatment and then it's like five like two thousand dollars or something and i'm like hold on a second why does he need to have his shit tested like no. he's good <laughs> yeah. like, we just came here for a checkup and do you want to know the number one thing with vets that i've learned over the years of having animals is as long as it's eating and has energy you're fine yeah. The second that changes, then like, all right, Johnson Rod or whatever the fuck. But that's like, no, 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 no. I know how this works. Yeah. But the menu's gets, weird. 
doctor doesn't do that. It's like you go for cancer treatment. They're like, all right, well, yeah. here's chemo option number one, or we could give you these like fruit smoothies if you hate <laughs> yourself. The, they call that the Steve Jobs. I think he he made fruit smoothie as option number two, and he took yeah. it. Oof, you know what? All time mistake. Not Gotta best you. when you have pancreatic cancer. Well, wow. did he think it was gonna? He was a fruit. He was a fruititarian. A fruititarian. Is that how he treated it, or was he? That dude, my right hand to God. All he ate was fruit. I heard All this. He I've heard this. Yeah, with pancreatic cancer. Now, some of you might not be familiar with the physiology of the pancreas. You don't want to do that. Why? Uh, well, it'd be the equivalent of trying to smoke your lung cancer away, right? <laughs> that would literally be the parallel. It's like pancreas incre- or like, increases insulin. Well, you worked at Apple. Blood. Like, don't you think there was like a good doctor at Apple that'd be like, "All right, listen, Steve." We got to be real You're about this. You're talking about a guy that would buy a new Mercedes SLS whatever every six months because there's a rule in California. No that tags, you don't, right? No tags. So he could park in handicapped parking space. Actually, like, the coolest thing ever. Is, Wait, what's the rule? So I guess back then when Steve Jobs was like before Tim Cook, there was a rule in California or law, I guess, where if you just bought a vehicle, you could drive it for six months without tags. So he bought the same car every six months, some like two door Mercedes SLS coupe or something like that. Uh-huh. And you could tell it was his because it was the one with no license plates in every handicapped parking stall in Apple. Wow. So, so he, like, he, just, he wouldn't get fined because there's, there's no, no plates. Yeah. yeah. And he would just it. throw it up in the parking lot and like go closest to the door because he's like, it's my cup. Oh my right. God. So That's I think God chose the fruitarian route for you. Like, oh, let me expedite this process a little bit. <laughs> you know, Tim Cook was in the news today for supposedly taking like one of the biggest CEO pay cuts in the history of, I guess, business world. His total comp for last year was like 99 million and he elected to take a 40% pay cut and it's all over the news today. So what? He's getting this is like sainthood? Is he getting good <laughs> guy for this? I just, I find the headline to be hilarious. I'm like, have you guys done the math? Like, he's still going to clear $50 million yeah. next year. I think he's fine. <laughs> he's Why a, is this news? He's a clandestine saint. He's 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 Saint Tim now. He's actually a really nice guy. You met him? Yeah. Yeah. He's around campus all the time. I can't disclose that. I can't disclose that. I'm just saying, you'd be in the wellness center and you'd see him. You see him around campus, very appropriate. Every once in a while, he'd end up on a table. Jordan may or may not what have been what, he, what he does in his free time is his business. But uh, he, he seems like one of the more, uh, I don't want to say relatable, but like successful in a strange way. It's like CEOs in that world because he hasn't made a personality cult around himself. Which is, he has the biggest opportunity because he has the, now hold on. Amazon is now the largest liquid asset company in the world, or is it still Apple? I think Apple's sure. still the most valuable company on the planet. Right. So, I mean, really, he, he could with... drop that hammer, but he doesn't. He's a class act. Yeah. I, I don't really like this whole uh, tech CEO as the next, like, mm, pseudo god type figure. The like, Sigma male? Yeah. I mean, like, you know. Did I'm, I use that correctly? Uh, I mean, I was like, going with it. <laughs> no, but you tried. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you props for trying. You made a good crack at it. But you know, you get like guys like Elon Musk out there, and they're just they're just so like. I, if you're that type of CEO, like, how do you have time to do this stuff? You like, hire really well, and you pay really. But well. like tweeting and making all these ridiculous. Yeah, we were talking about that pub- on a, on an earlier episode. Like, do you think Elon's just like cruising through Twitter, saving memes? To post like, like, oh, this will be a good one. He's got to have either a meme, meme guy, guy or he's, doing he's got a meme. Guy. I would, you know what? I've seen, I know people who are like meme guys, and they just do a way better job. You mean they curate? They're like they got a yeah, like I got a, like, uh, Michael Woodbury. Do you know him? The yeah, chiropractor? yes, I do. Dude. He's got a meme political guy? meme lord. 
<laughs> underrated. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> on whole the stories record. are always just Dude, they're so good. Yeah. And like I'm not and I've been on record saying I don't like memes as especially when memes get into like the fitness world, I find them obnoxious. Wait, you don't like memes at all? I don't like fitness memes. Oh. Like but like just in general. Uh, I mean, the picture's worth a thousand words. If I can get context and not have to read a thousand words, I don't hate it. Especially in things like domains. You don't laugh. You don't have to scroll through the explore page and you're like, that's funny. I've never done that. I've never gone through the explore page on Instagram. What? Ever. Really? Ever. I go to search someone if I need to like go to message them right away, but I've never scrolled through the explore page once in my... I see what's there and it's like, oh, it's like, now it's great days. So you overlook the memes? I only the only memes I see are there's, there's two people, Jarris Hall, who's a powerlifter from Texas, and Michael Woodbury, who's a chiropractor here in Florida. They're oh. my they're my meme fix, and they're all political. What is this? You think he downloaded the app and made this meme? Mematic? He got Tank Sinatra's <laughs> mematic and just made this <laughs> on his own. It's like it's okay. All right, this is clearly a custom thing. So either he has a meme guy on staff, mm-hmm. or he's sitting there in between his six jobs and just. No, I mean I'm assuming there's a there's a scribe that follows him, that, right? <laughs> I, that'd be my first hire. Just like a, a scribe. I like that. Yeah, like that's just, the 2025 goal. So 2023, no groceries. 2024, no laundry. 2025, scribe. I want a plate minion. A plate minion. Explain. Like a just a little fellow that follows me around and loads and unloads my bar. Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like you could achieve that now. That now though. Yeah. Huh? I feel like it put your mind to so it. Really, you could the probably only good fill that you, I think you. People call them. <laughs> I, I know a few people. <laughs> Employed by Cremerica Industries. Yeah. No, the meme thing. I don't there know. There you go. This is a horrible meme. This is a horrible meme. This sucks. Yeah. This sucks. Michael I mean, Woodbury wouldn't repost this. He's my, he's my litmus test. Yeah, <laughs> this no, he's, is, this he's, is good. He's definitely, yeah, but it's he's definitely got a, a scribe that's doing this. You hope. But like, what's the process? You think he's just shouting autistic stuff all day and like <laughs> yes. in his office and the guy's just like, oh, fuck, how do I make a meme out of this? Yeah, probably. That's a level of power and wealth that normal people could never achieve. But I mean, contextualize it. The guy bought double, probably double, if not more than double market value of this company. Right. right, like he's and talked to his and walked in the next day with a kitchen sink. Dude, that was my favorite. So you're gonna tell me is this guy going off autistic rambling? I I show oh, no, you. No, 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 of course he is. I raise you kitchen sink on the first day. I'm just thinking, like, how do you hire for that job? And then, like, what's the deliverable? Like, how, what's the day one debrief? You're like, this is what you're gonna do for Mr. Musk. Probably an NDA. <laughs> I would imagine that starts with an NDA. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's oh. the guy that just is his lackey. Yeah. Hey, that's funny. So look, he's got his own companies with a golden check mark now. I've never seen that. I think they changed that so corporations get a gold one and people get the blue one. What's your what's your take on this whole debacle that he's gotten himself into? I think it's I think social media is the new form of government and I think it's a really smart position in uh I, I almost believe his humanitarian thing that it's like if this doesn't get in under control, this could drastically affect democracy. So I, I want to think he's jumping on some sort of 4D chess grenade for our sins. Um, but I also am concerned that I've heard statistics as high as 80% of users on uh, were Twitter bots. were bots. So it's like it may have been. That's why he tried to pull out of the deal, apparently. Right. It's because they, they couldn't proved to him that they well, weren't do you know the sample sizes that they were producing like 100. here's 100 accounts and the guy's like what the fuck like yeah. that's not real data yeah. so like do you actually think that twitter is going to be the model town square for democracy and is it actually conducive to having a democratic conversation around it 
No, I just think it's something that can that only works in the negative and minimizing the the potency and dosage of that poison is still beneficial. Do you think that they could actually do that? What create a digital? No, no, no. Do you think that they could actually like limit the downside risk of all this like negative content that gets spewed all over Twitter and it's, Instagram? Do, do you think they can get ahead of drugs and sports? I feel like there's always a greater motivation to be on that leading edge than be on the lagging that, edge. That was the topic of basically the half the podcast with Zach yesterday. Yeah. We're just I mean, talking about that one thing. I just think that, I don't know, maybe if there if there's a person to do it, it would be him, I think. But also, have you seen, there's a new Netflix movie and I feel like kind of contradictory to previous podcasts and talking about Netflix movies. Um, <laughs> the Glass Onion? Oh, yeah. great movie. Great. Right. Now, did at any and point, did you think that that was a slight at Elon Musk? Because I have a few friends who are like in this. Yeah, I think it was his archetype. For sure. Yeah. Whether right. it was him or like, like the, just the kooky. Yeah. But not smart. Right. That was the uh, big thing that everyone thought this dude was brilliant. And I have friends who like, well, that's their, they will die on the hill that Elon Musk is not the, the brainchild spastic Spurgies guy that we all think he is. That's a, that's a tough position to take though. But the, I mean, the, one of the main speaking. arguments is like the automated driving system in Tesla vehicles has been promised to and paid for for almost like 12 years, if not more. And it hasn't come to fruition yet. I feel like that's a business practice problem because I've heard people make that criticism, but it's like this. The, I'm still the, waiting on my Cybertruck. The, the R&D like, side of actually, it. like huh? Actually? Yeah, where'd my $100 yeah, deposit go? Oh yeah, oh, I didn't. I didn't know you got hosed with that, dude. The second that that window cracked, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm getting waiting for the version two point. I'm waiting for the oh, software. That was update. a great marketing stunt, though. You don't think they planned nah, that? No, I think it was. They didn't. I heard a thing that they didn't factor in doing the two in sequence, and that the vibration of smashing the door resonated through the glass and and compromised its uh, integrity. Wow. I, I'd like I to think that it was one. a good marketing stunt. So you think he's playing on that level? You th wait, why would that be a positive for them? Yeah, because it created a lot of eyeballs. Attention, right? It's like we're in this attention economy. He had a lot of people reposting it. It was all over the news. Now everybody knows about the Cybertruck. Good, bad. People yeah. love press. And I guess there's only a handful oh. of people out there who are really concerned about like the yeah. the rigidity of their driver. So like there's a couple ghetto people with a bunch of money are like, hmm, I'm going to be concerned about that. I see that bulletproof. That. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They want to do well in like Mexico yeah. or something like that. Like the guy that needs it bulletproof, he's going to get a bulletproof. Right. He's, like, got he's not worrying about Elon perfecting the glass. What do you tip a bulletproof guy? At <laughs> 10%. That's crazy. Do you guys see the podcast with Ed Calderon on Lex, Lex Friedman talking no. about like the cartel? No. A chance to watch it. Wild stuff. Like what, just talking about bulletproofing, uh, okay. like and the measures that people will go to to like, um, like he was talking about in Mexico, kids will ambush cars with acrylic paint, so it gets all over the windshield. It's like you want to disable a, a, an armored vehicle. He's like one of the best ways to do it is put acrylic paint over the windshield, so kids will just come out of the thing with just like water balloons full of acrylic paint and oh, throw shit. it at the windshield. So here you have Wait, just I, so they can't see. They can't so see, they but then the what are you going to do? Well, if you get, well, out, if you get out of the car, you get shot immediately. Right, right. Or like, there's sometimes that radiators aren't behind the bulletproofing, so you can shoot the radiator. A guy walked up to uh, just like the, where the locking mechanism is and shot a dude through that because that wasn't bulletproof because you got to get a key in there. That's like a wild place. Uh, my That's Catherine's uh, paralegal was like a Mexican attorney lives in the Sonora, which is like the the province right above Sinaloa where That's all that problem. shit just went down last Is week. It's still going down. So I, I messaged him. I'm like, Hey bro, are you good? And he's like, starts sending me like Instagram videos of himself where I can hear gunfire in the background while he's like, he's wealthy. So he's like chilling at his pool. 
And he's just like, this is a great time, bro. And he's like at his pool. I'm like, dude, are you insane? She starts sending me videos that he has of like buses burning all around town. You know, there was guys shooting uh, a commercial aircraft, an Aeromexico jet with an anti or it was like an anti-material rifle, like a gigantic anti-aircraft gun, basically, that fires massive shells on the tarmac as it was landing. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty convinced that the cartel is probably one of the most powerful forces in South America, if if not the most powerful force. Oh. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be inclined to agree with you. I think Mexico is the next world superpower. You think? I think so. I, I, was, I think they have such a strategic placement to the U.S. and they're so underrated, and like that kind of firepower is not easy to come by. Yeah. And even though a lot of it came by like um, the U.S. military tracked these weapons from the U.S. into Mexico. Mm because they thought there was going to be some sort of like self-deprecation. It's like, well, we're going to keep an eye on this and see what they do. It's like, what do you think they're going to do with the what They're going to use them. <laughs> yeah. And they use them. And then all of a sudden they lost count of like, I don't know, hundreds of thousands I or millions. I think it was Peter. So Peter Zahan's like a geopolitical analyst. So it was just on Joe Rogan the other day. Yeah. And he's, he's brilliant. I get his newsletter every morning. Super smart dude. And his position was that like Mexico will overtake China eventually as the biggest producer for at least the North American continent in terms of supplying goods and so services. It was skill and labor. It was like a weird well, uh, and correlation. China's uh, population is going to collapse. He said in like the next 10 years. They're not going to go quietly. No, but, no they can't, but they can't make enough babies. Every, it's, the like the population's that. too old. Yeah. They've that, that Man, I mean, I think the last three years have highlighted pretty significantly the major issues they have with their political system. They basically hindered the progress of that country for the last four years by locking them down. And now they've incubated all these new variants of COVID. They're spreading all around the world. Yeah, they're having an issue. Yo, shout out to everyone who's been sick in the last three months and didn't say shit. Shout out to everyone out there with a sniffly nose, sick as fuck. That's like, are you good? You're okay? Yep. I'm fine. Because <laughs> I, I swear this, I got I got something nasty a few months ago. Where have you like, been, by the way? Where Just I for been? the internet to know. I'd love for them to oh, get a little bit your life. I, mean, it's been, I know, but it's been relatively dormant the last couple of months. You're relatively dormant is a, a, a extravaganza for oh, most what have people. I, done? I don't know. Where was I? Uh, we went well, to New York a few times. Well, just, just the fact that you were living in Dubai for so long. Oh, I feel like that was a far. pretty insane experience. Yeah. It's just like, because I think when you grow up in North America, like you can fly... Someone put up a picture the other day of like, um, I forget from where, like if you're in, if you're in Toronto or New York or no Toronto, you're closer to Croatia than you are to British Columbia or something like that. Some ridiculous wow. thing where, so when you grow up in North America and you fly, it's nothing for me to fly what I was in Vancouver, I don't know, about two weeks ago, maybe. And I had to fly from here to Montreal, which was in Trio, probably a week before you were there. And then I had to go over there. So that was like a 12 hour travel day. Mm-hmm. But it's like anywhere else in the world, in a 12-hour umbrella of air travel, you can go to, I don't know, 30, 40 countries easily. You can almost get to Japan in 14 hours, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 14 out of Texas. Yeah. So when I was living in Dubai, it's like in a four-and-a-half-hour radius, there's yeah. so many just countries that are so distinctly different. Like in the same time it takes me to fly to the African island of Mauritius, it takes me to fly to Athens, Greece. What was your favorite place you traveled to over there? You got to go by genre, I think. I mean, I wow. really liked Mauritius. Mauritius kind I know of nothing about. I'm not, I, uh, Mauritius is like, it's technically an African island, but I would say that the majority of people there, you would think you were in India. They're like, it's like the West Indies. Like, think of like a population mm-hmm. similar to like Guyana yeah, or um, sure. Trinidad ish. I would say more Guyana. Okay. Um, but topographically, it's like it's like Hawaii. Really? So that was like beachy. It's like Hawaii. Stuff. It's like Hawaii. Like oh, the cool. island of Kauai. What is Emirates fly out there? Hey, they're on a triple seven all the way there. 
Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, that's so funny. Can you imagine that landing on a little island, dude. That's it's, hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's that was super nice. I liked Athens a lot. I went twice. Um, just a history architecture. Yeah, it's just so funny. Like when you go down, I don't know, like Front Street in Toronto, or mm-hmm. you walk down New York City and you see like the the newer buildings that are built with the columns and the spires and the statues and the crests, and it's just like that's just a, a straight rip. And that's like, you go to like when you're in Athens, you can yeah, just yeah. see like the, the the Acropolis and the Parthenon, yeah. and you're like, oh, that's the OG shit. Like that's the V1 yeah. first yeah. edition. I love um, the ancient parts of the world where you see the stuff. You're like. Any part of the world that I could walk down the street and you're like, that's 2000 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a, uh, an old mosque, formerly a church in Istanbul. It's like one of my favorite places yeah. to go to. Yeah, it was amazing. And you could walk in, you used to be able to go up to the second floor before they turned it back into a church, uh, a mosque. And there's Icelandic like graffiti. They called it graffiti from the year, like 500 or something for these Icelandic conquerors or so- somehow they had gotten into this place back then and they had etched Icelandic writing and you could still read it. I mean, it's the same that's language cool. still. But it's it's amazing. It's like any one of those like Rome. You ever go to Rome and you just walk down the street, you wander around and you don't really know where you are half the time because the streets are so windy. And then you're like, Parthenon. Whoa. Thanks for watching. I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors at Cured Nutrition. My favorite supplement by them is called Rise. If you want something that's gonna give you quick energy, long lasting, no jitters, no crash, all that good stuff. It has ingredients like lion's mane, ginseng. If you want to read more about it, check it out on their website. But you can use our code HYBRID in all caps for 20% off. Hit the link and again, use the code HYBRID for 20% off. Have you uh, been to Petra? Either yeah, of you guys? yeah, I went to the Treasury. That's pretty wild. That is insane. Yeah. You like wild. It? No, I thought I found, dude, I was, the hostility of the locals. And I'm like, I like going places where I, I don't like, I don't like to be bothered. And increasingly most more so as I get older. And like, I understand. Did you feel unwanted there? I felt that. Um, I felt like yeah. I was Aladdin and everyone else was um, Jafar. You were the only person that felt that. I can assure you that only you were the only. I just, I don't know. Like, I just, Jesus. I mean, I understand, like, you know, I've been to places where there's depravity and social, sure. economic unrest and all that. But it's just, the, the, it's handled in different ways in different cultures. But, like, there's probably one of the most unsettling moments of my entire life was at Petra. I was so there's Petra, which is the treasury, and everyone goes to that. But mm-hmm. it's really a high concentration of like unique architecture for the era. So there's a giant, um, uh, there's a giant tomb that's like just off the beaten path, just up the road. You got to climb up like a bajillion stairs, or at least it felt like a bajillion stairs. And like not many people make the trek up. But I'm like, I didn't come all this way to not see as much shit as I could mm-hmm. possibly see. Yeah, I went up there. Yeah, so when I went up there, there was like, um, so there's a word that they use to describe like the locals there. So Bedouin is like, a, oh yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know what the translation would. It's like a local tribe. There's the same in Morocco. Like when I was there, like you stay with the Bedouins out in the desert. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. like a like gypsy would be a thing. thing like close. Yeah. so there was this kid there, and it was just again super unsettling that there was like a wild, there's the wild dogs everywhere in that yeah, part of the world. Yeah. I love dogs, and I didn't have my wallet on me. I didn't carry any cash and. Tess was going around. It was just me and her. So we thought, and this dog came around. I was like, oh, sick. Like, we'll play with the dog. And then this kid came around. Couldn't have been older than like 12 or 13 years old and was like, uh, like, do you have any money? And I was like, no, nah, dude, like, empty my pockets, nothing but lint. Like, can't help you out. And he's like, oh, you, you like dogs? I'm like, yeah, I love dogs. Like, I have a dog back home and all that. And he started, he grabbed the dog and he started choking it. And I was like, I'm just going to fucking murder this kid and throw him over a cliff and no one's going to know. And then he's like, get out of here. 
And I'm like, what? And I like put my hands up to it. I'm like, I could fucking just kill this kid with my bare hands. And he, the Please. dog was like in di- like distress, like very like this is probably the first time I could tell the story without crying. And I was like, look, man, like put the fucking dog down. And then he started like coming at me with the dog that he was choking and was like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, he's 12 years old. And it's like, how do you get mad at him? Right? Like he's 12, but there's a system that let that happen. So I found the entire, that whole. Wait, how did that end? I just, I, Tess was around the corner taking a pitch, something like, let's go. And she's like, oh, no. I'm like, no. And I'm pretty low key most of the time with her, especially. And I'm like, no, 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 let's go. And like, he let go of the dog and he's like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Like he was like flexing on me. I was like, look, man, if that's okay. Like if you want to big dog me and by not killing this animal, like, okay, cool. I'll let you have it. So it was like really unsettling because uh-huh. I found, I had that, that hostility was like rampant my entire it time. It makes you wonder why he was so confident though. Right? Like that's, what's unsettling yeah. as well. Like, did he have a knife or like, yeah. And, and you know? we, we got pulled over on the way to Petra and you know, it's close to the Saudi Arabia border mm-hmm. um, in Jordan. So we, we flew into um, Amman and then we went down to the Wadi Rum Desert and then we went up to Petra. We got pulled over and the way we got pulled over was we got boxed in by a police car. And then there was a 50 cal like Toyota ISIS issued top mounted <laughs> truck in the ditch. Ah, yes. So it's like I go to they told Tess to get out of the car. And I was like, you're not getting out of the car. Like, just yeah. you got to stay there. And I go to get out to like talk to these cops. And as I get out, I'm looking down the barrel of this fucking top mounted 50 cal with like a gunner on the top. And I was like, because we, fellas? we weren't wearing masks. I was like, you're pulling in- us over because we're white. Right. right. That's what it Wait, is. We're wearing masks in your own in car. The car. We had a driver up front and it was oh, like fuck. a whole ordeal. Yeah. So I found that region like, and that's part of, in a weird way, that's part of the travel. Like that's part of what I like about traveling is like that type of shit. Like, put me on a resort. We went to Bodrum in the south of Turkey, yeah, and yeah. we went on a resort for a few days during COVID. And I was like, I'm going to put a bullet in my brain. A 50 cal, hopefully, preferably, <laughs> on a top mountain of a truck. But at the same time, in the moment, you're like, just nah, there's I, different, I, and then there's just like... I'm with you. Like, I, I'm not a fan of traveling to places where you're, like, boxed in anywhere and, like, any kind of... Yeah. Like, I, I like to be out on the streets. I walk around. Like, you don't see the real yeah. place. Like, you don't get the vibe or the heart of yeah, the, yeah. the place if you're just yeah. at a But there's resort. some places that, like, what you call vibe and heart just aren't there, right? Like, yeah. then Jordan is... you, And depending on who you talk to, is across the... What? Across the Dead Sea from Israel. But every person in Jordan is a displaced Palestinian, mm-hmm. right? So there's the level of hostility that those people live with is unbelievable. Because they're looking back at, like, a homeland they can't go back to. Which is, in itself is, like, again, part of the the luxury of traveling, like getting that perspective. But at the same time, like you wouldn't want to, you know, if you had a rough couple, you had a rough quarter at the office, like, you know where I'm going to go this (laughs) politically unstable place. (laughs) So every now and then it's like, I want to, I want to, you know, a little umbrella in my drink, please. I don't want to fucking have to deal with it. I mean, just a step above that. Yeah. But I don't need to deal with the longest standing geopolitical conflict currently. Like, and you know what? I, Honestly, and as a Jew, like I feel a little weird about saying this, but it's part of the reason I've avoided going to Israel thus far. I just haven't. I, I, you know, I, you know, you know me. I mean, I travel all the time, yeah. go all over the world. But like, that's one place where I'm just like, you know, what, I'm going to wait on that one. And I don't know if I'm right or wrong about my intuition there, but like, I know that it's a contentious place. I know it's beautiful. I know you guys went a couple of years ago, and it looked yeah, incredible. It was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to go at one point, but I, I know just from my past and history and religion and all that, like there's just, there's a lot to it. So it's not as simple as just getting on the plane and going. 
Dude, yeah, I can imagine. Like, we posted a photo of the Dead Sea, and on the other side of the Dead Sea, you can see the land that's... And my driver, and I wasn't even thinking, my driver is Palestinian, and he was telling me about, like, he has a key over his mantle in his house that's the key to his family's house on that side of the Dead Sea. Call it Palestine, call it Israel, I don't really care. And I was like, wow, it's cool. Like, this guy drove us for two days. Like, we got to know him pretty well. And so when I tagged Palestine on a picture on oh, Instagram you mean story. In, the, in the location section oh my god dude the hateful vitriol of people who've never been anywhere near the region who weren't even you know they culturally were. or religiously tied to this it's like really jack robinson you have a thing to say about this over instagram like dude, it's when insane. i was when i was in we, went, we did israel for a month and so obviously you know it's like posting every day or every other day from there and <clears throat> since I was on the Israeli side, like I was in Israel, all the Palestinian comments just were like crazy. Because they're, they're assuming that by your presence in that country that you I'm have a stance. It. Yeah, or whatever. And I don't, it's not that cut and dry. I mean, even as a person that's Jewish, like I find myself very conflicted about the whole thing. It's and just it, not my fight. And no. I don't, I don't care. I don't even like, know if it's most people's fight. I mean, there's a, there's a big movement of Zionists and anti-Zionists within the religion that there's very, very strong opinions on the matter, but I've never found myself coming down too hard on one side or the other. Cause I could see both sides of the coin and it's a very difficult thing to take a stance on. Cause the second you do, yeah. you're, you're pitted against a whole other group of people that have a completely different, very angry opinion about what you mm -hmm. have to say about the matter. And so much of the mismanagement has nothing to do with the underlying cultures or religions. It's so much of it is just byproducts of human nature, like the mismanagement and corruption in Palestine. It's shitty governments huge, too. Yeah. But that's, and that's it's kind a of government the problem more than it is like, you know, you don't realize it's like, it's not like a bunch of Jews are out there at, just because they're Jewish, hating a bunch of Palestinian people because and let's face it, ethnically, they're very similar, mm -hmm. historically speaking. Yeah. You have a bunch of bad governments and bad actors on both sides causing problems. Fuck, I'm sure the internet's going to try and tear me apart for this one, but they're that's gonna a catch you just like they did Jordan Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> that's, the, that's the reality of it. You but know? It's, it's almost like, kind of just tie it back. It's almost like cartel Mexico. Like it's tit for tat. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. you're going to bomb a bus, I'm going to bomb a hospital. You're going to bomb a hospital, I'm going to bomb a preschool. It's like, that's what it's turning into, where it's like, you're so far removed from the core of the issue that you probably, most people, most people definitely aren't probably still alive when the issue first started, let alone even know what the issues were. The issue was the last bus bombing. The issue was the last, right. the, yeah. the last shooting at last, you know, and, and it's nothing unique necessarily to the region. Like, no, this happens, stuff happens all the time. All over the world. It's to Kell Avenue. How, how unsettling was that? Dude. I've walked and sat on that park. We met before. for coffee on that. Dude, Ooh. the coffee shop that we went to that yeah. day was maybe a couple hundred feet away from where that bombing occurred. Yeah. And my, I had to go text my buddy who owns the hookah place right yeah. up the street. And I was like, bro, holy shit. Like, are you okay? Because I know how far that was away from his shop. And it was like, was six, he okay? He was fine. I mean, he's a little shook up, but like that's, it's weird because there's a particular street in the center of uh, this neighborhood called Bayolu in the middle of Istanbul. It's like one of the younger neighborhoods in the city. And it's where they have a lot of marches and protests. Like while I was there. Gay pride. Yeah. It was oh, gay pride and a woman's yeah, rights. Yeah, yeah. My first time there. And here I am, the Canadian, thinking like, you know, I'm noticing like buses, like literally city buses full of cops coming up, putting up barricades, M16s, a whole nine yards. I'm thinking that they're there to protect the proceedings. 
we go down to the Asian side. We go through the, the Grand Bazaar. We go to um, Hagia Sophia. We go mm-hmm. to Blue Mosque. We come back like six hours later, and they're throwing tear gas into the crowd, and then they blocked the entire they had street. Cordoned. Off. They had cordoned off an entire neighborhood, which is probably you know five hundred city blocks worth. Yeah. You know the equivalent there. I mean, a complete fucking cordon, as if there was zombies in the neighborhood. Yeah. Wow. And it was unbelievable yeah. the amount of and as political they oppression pushed the procession into the smaller tributary streets off of istakel avenue they were met by other police forces in the alleys and shit like it was do you remember what what that street signified what do you mean in the last 10 years so arab spring 2011 that's where they had their mm-hmm. arab spring was at the top of that street in the uh Texim square okay that's where the massive protests were back then so it's like kind of a like a center of hotbed uh political issues over the past 10 years but the government there has gotten more and more oppressive you know the guy the the president Erdogan. is is yeah he's more conservative and he's like slowly drifting the country towards more conservative things and doing all this crazy stuff that like i you know became friends with some of the locals there and they're completely a lot of them completely disagree because you know because they're young and they're cosmopolitan and they know about the world and they they have a completely different worldview than you know some of the political leanings of the government at this point then fast forward to a week week ago not even last weekend i was in washington and i took james around to the washington mall and took him like uh the reflection pool and the washington monument and we ended up at um the the lincoln statue on the with the, the treasury right uh i haven't been there in like 10 years so we're the big one it's, about, it's yeah. a big staircase and mm-hmm. on the staircase full-on projector screen stage lighting the whole nine yards was like a it was a, a Palestinian airline flight something went down. It was the anniversary of a downing of a plane. And there were like, it was a predominantly Muslim congregation of like protesters, essentially, on the steps of that. Like on the steps of, like at the foot of... What were they protesting? No idea. I mean, probably, or no, it wasn't, sorry. It was a Palestinian or Iran. I think it was Iran. Yeah, it was Iranian. And there was some sort of... Oh, maybe they were protesting what's going on in Iran right yeah, now, which like is the, horrific also. Yeah, that's a problem. But the freedom, like, so I heard it the other day, someone, I forget this, um, the originator of the quote, but it was, um, I might not disagree with what you say, but I'll fight to my death your right to For say your, Right, yeah. yeah so like, mm. That is uniquely American. It is. I don't think you could go anywhere else, almost anywhere else on the planet where you can have such open disagreement in terms of political discourse religious discourse people here take the you guys are both canadian i mean i i could guess i could say this as an american citizen right like i feel like some people in this country and a lot of people in this country kind of get that backwards they don't really understand the implications of like the ability to speak freely until you go somewhere like yeah. when we were there in istanbul sure. it's like like we went we went to nishantashe which is a neighborhood up the street like we went to a really nice hotel for lunch on our way back, we're having a great day. And then it's like, oh, shit, there's a military cordon across our entire neighborhood. Like, could you imagine that ever happening here? Yeah. The only no. time it's ever come close was maybe during those protests that happened a couple of years back. Now, here's the thing, because you brought up something interesting in passing. And I think it's people, I would call it a false equivalency. Not what you brought up, but like how people cross apply it. Like people say a censoring of someone like, uh, like a Peterson or something like that is the slippery slope that leads to that type of censorship well he called it that like when that when he first like rose to notoriety um 
the whole thing was he, like he wouldn't uh, right. call C sixteen or whatever it was. Yeah, he wouldn't tell students or call students their pronouns whatever they wanted if uh, it was demanded of him. And he said that he, he saw where it was going, and if we let them take certain words off the table, like ban us from saying things. What's going to stop them from banning another thing and another thing and another thing? And look at all of the words. Dude, you can have a book as thick as the dictionary of just words we're not allowed to say anymore. Yeah. You know, real words with real meanings, you know, that now just someone, some Karen decides that the it's it's inappropriate in a certain context. And now you can't use it in any context. You know, I think it's a slippery slope to, you know, you start to go down to Orwell's world. Mm-hmm. But I think this is this is the new form of government. And that's why I think Elon Musk buying this is so powerful. Like it might not be realized yet and it might not even be in the right utility. Like it might not be the right regime, but if watch what happens when they cancel uh, or they cancel when they get rid of um, TikTok. Well, like that's, that, six that's, months, that's got a six month shelf life. That's exactly where I was that, going. India absolutely. just did it last, uh, this week. Yeah. 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 No and that's India doing it. And here's a con- country that has United economic States is trying ties. To also. I know that they've been talking about it for a while. That would be great to not have to be on another platform. Yeah. <laughs> just for all the creators out there, like let's but, concentrate. Yeah. Let's, let's all just, agree. Just stick with Instagram. Dude. Instagram. And Can you know we have a vote as a society? There's just one, and we're all going to be there. I got a I got a bone to pick with people that put tweets up on as Instagram. Posts? Lazy, I'm calling it lazy. And you know what? I have Instagram because I got to tell you something. I don't like to read. Yeah, I'm not here to read, and you're not a mean guy, <laughs> especially when people do it as <laughs> do you uh, reels. Yeah, oh yeah, you put a Twitter post up as a reel, you know, one way ticket to unfollow. Yeah, done. <laughs> you know what's interesting though? We're talking about this being the the new democratic town square, and I think that's the case as long as the regime in power agrees with it. Because you don't realize if you go to a lot of their countries on earth, like I spent some good bit of time in China when I was younger, not mm-hmm. that much, but three weeks. You know, I was there for a minute. Like you cannot access a lot of things. It's just forbidden. You can't literally can't get on the internet unless you have a VPN and access certain parts of it. So like, what's the stop? You can get the on government? the internet. Period. Without a VPN? No, no, certain parts of it. So like, oh, okay. you can't access any U.S. social media provider in China. You can't use Google. It's all the state controlled uh, internet search providers, social media providers, and things like that. So I think this is the town square. Could be the town square as much as we want to call it that. But it mm-hmm. only goes as far as the regime in power in this country agrees with it. What's to stop them from banning another political platform or social media platform? And what's to yeah. stop them from censoring Facebook? And we saw this once Elon Musk bought Twitter. All the things that the United States government did, I'm saying say politically, but they had influence over what was being published on Twitter. Yeah, This huge, is supposed to be influence. Do you remember, do you guys um, know the dude Mike Baker, the CIA yeah, guy? I was just listening to him today. So he has an episode way back. He was on Rogan, Rogan. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah. on a bunch of times. Yeah, really interesting cat. And he, I remember it because I was, I don't know, you end up just fucking auto-playing on YouTube and it, you know, it thinks you're a fat guy that needs good t-shirts or some shit that it's like, oh, you might like this too. <laughs> and uh, I remember listening to one like back in 2000, I don't know, 14. And they were talking about like the MK Ultra and like the unredacted U.S. government acid. They basically created Charles Manson and the Manson family and yeah. all that. And he was like, "Look, from a an operator's perspective, it was a concern. They were worried about the efficacy of this drug getting into the hands of China and Russia for mind control." And I didn't wasn't paying attention to like all the preamble, and I thought he was talking about social media. And mm. then as he continues to carry on, I look at the data. I'm like, "Oh, he's actually talking about acid." 
And it's like, so they did away with LSD because they had Facebook. So it's like, I don't know, you look at that in a, not necessarily in a silo, but you look at that, uh, you know, when they had Zuckerberg on and they were, he was asking him about the censorship around the Biden, the Hunter Biden emails, or I believe that was a story that was like heavily censored. Um, And it's like, well, there was a legitimate reason to have a, a vigilant or diligent counteractive force to it. But it's like, you know, if from you, whose perspective, the government or yeah, social media? Like if you're if you're if you're have a real threat of like the Russian influence on the previous election, I think is that's pretty mm-hmm. ironclad. Right. That, that's pretty well broadly accepted. So it's like it's almost like do you guys remember Clayton Bigsby, the Dave Chappelle thing? Yeah. Like is that the, the black white supremacist yes. and the line if anyone's going to have sex with my no. sister it's going to be me it's like <laughs> look if anyone's going to influence political elections here in the united states it's going to be the very own united states of america yeah right? that's the cia's yeah. job not russia's job yeah, <laughs> i just feel like the cia whoever's the head of the cia should just be widely accepted as the president of the united states you know it's funny so i was listening to the, his episode yesterday and they actually dug into the jfk stuff pretty big and he was saying that the cia has less influence now directly on the the president what's the the what's the executive branch of the united states government because i guess they don't have a seat directly at the table of fucking national security advisors or whatever that table Mm -hmm. is that advises the president and now it's some other agency that the cia then reports to and he he's interesting because he was kind of refuting this idea that cia had something to do with the assassination assassination of jfk and but do you think it takes a seat at the table i would say making not having a seat at the table makes them more dangerous because they're less accountable i think that they're I think that his point, and I probably would agree with it, is that they're very autonomous. What's up, guys? Just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors at HVMN. They have an awesome supplement called Ketone IQ. I take it every morning with my coffee. It helps me avoid that midday caffeine crash. And sometimes if I'm really dragging my ass into the gym, I'll take two shots of this before I come in if I really need to feel focused and fired up. There are only five ingredients in the supplement, so they're not hiding behind a proprietary blend or any other nonsense that some of the supplement companies in the industry do. Quick disclaimer, this is, let's just call it an acquired taste. We're not here for mouth pleasure. We're here for performance. And that is what this is gonna give you. So make sure to hit the link in the show notes and use code hybrid in all caps, 20% off. They're very autonomous. Yeah, autonomous. and I think that's that's more dangerous. Well, maybe, but it also insulates them from political pressure. Yeah, I, I mean, it's that, the only way to get something done. Because he said that a lot of the operators that he was working with and agents that he was working with back in the day were apolitical. Like Discussion just wouldn't come up, and yeah. maybe now that does happen a bit more. But if the, it, I guess it could be good or bad, right, depending on who's in charge of the CIA and what their initiative is. Like, if you're in charge of the CIA and you are not in favor of it being abolished, because the idea was that the CIA could have had something to do with the JFK assassination because they wanted to prevent him from abolishing the CIA. Mm. Mike Baker kind of disagreed with that because he, you know, he showed through history how they, those intelligence agencies had been disbanded pre- previously, right? But I, I, it's a weird discussion to have here because it's kind of a a much more popular discussion since the Snowden stuff came out, the CIA's yeah. potential influence on everything and how they influence the internet and data harvesting and the kind of data they're collecting on us. And it's like, that's kind of the same thing that we're talking about with TikTok, right? Because we're worried about ByteDance feeding all of user information which it explicitly fucking states that they're allowed to do with the ccp yeah you see when rogan read out the terms and conditions of yeah, no, yeah. yeah. it's pretty wild yeah. yeah of all the all the stuff that they're 
they just straight up tell you that they're gonna have access to it's pretty crazy and my thing is i'd go a step further and be like well if that's what they're willing to tell us what are they doing and not telling us yeah right like if you just heard the story about mbs uh straight hacking uh bezos's phone yeah they sent a text of saudi arabia he just sent him a text and that was enough to infiltrate his entire phone download every file and was they took months to figure it out so mbs was it one of those like Hey, look at this cool picture of you. It wasn't even a <laughs> link. The link. It wasn't even a link. Yeah. That was the most dangerous thing about it. It wasn't <clears> even a link. So here you're downloading an entire application on your phone and you think it's just like, oh, you have access to pictures and microphone. It's like, yeah, you probably have access to every email in your inbox. You probably have Dude, access. TikTok said they can see every file. They can see the file name of every file, uh, your photos. Do you remember what else was on the list? It was it was pretty dangerous and there's another you guys heard of this spyware called pegasus that yeah, the israeli government or not the israeli government but it's an israeli corporation that makes it no so it's like the only it's the only piece that. of software on the planet that can like decrypt iphones basically and it's only purchasable by other governments and uh if you there's a there's a website you could probably pull it up and see like the big overview of the whole thing but they basically sell this piece of software to other governments and intelligence organizations that allows you to just plug in an iPhone and it's yours. Yeah, that's uh, wow. who's brought that up. The guy wrote the book Gift of Fear. Works. He used to work for the, mm. uh, um, what was his name? This is going to drive me nuts. Uh, Gavin DeBecker. Oh, Gavin yeah, DeBecker, listened to that. He was the one. Yeah, Super interesting dude. But I, yeah, I just, imagine getting your hand. That's on some James Bond shit straight up. But think about it, right? Like, like, that's, that's, that's kind of the future, right? Like we're also trading privacy and freedom for access to information. And like, I just go about my day assuming that everything I do on the internet can be monitored, logged, recorded, archived, and put together. Like if there's an FBI guy out there, they've got a case file on yeah. you. Know, they, I'm they gonna, you know what I'm gonna do when I get home? I'm gonna chat GPT. So tell me about Marcus Leone. <laughs> I know what, I'm at the point now where I don't even close my blinds. I just get dressed. Have you used naked. that stuff? Yeah. I just got into it. Oh my, dude, I wrote, so I, I do some reporting work for some stuff I do in business and I was able to have this piece of software. I was like, I need you. Can you rewrite an article for me? That was the initial prompt. Right. And then it's like, sure. Copy and paste the article here and I'll rewrite it for you. So I said, I took, I took this entire article that I wanted rewritten. I was like, can you rewrite this longer and more formally spits it out immediately. Right. And it's like, what the fuck? And it's, it's just, it's a, it's there. It's long. It's formal. It's exactly what I was asking it for. And it's, you can ask it stuff like, Rewrite this as if it was uh, rap lyrics written by Darth Vader. It'll do it. Yeah, I'm well, so I had upset it right I ever did homework. <laughs> yeah, they just, I don't know how they would know, but they just banned it from uh, all the universities in uh, the United States. It's not Well, it's, hey, how would you know? You know what's interesting is it's just, if, if five people came in with the same it. essay. But don't they, does this, does, now I've seen, and or I've heard people prompting it the same thing five times. Uh, Blaine McConnell, the, the U.S. bobsled and former CrossFit athlete, we had him on our podcast the other day, and he said he prompted it with, um, write me a 10-week deadlift program. And he did mm. it five different times and got five different programs. Interesting. And you know what's interesting? If you were to ask it to write some sort of narrative format or like essay format thing, you can take it to another AI software. So there's another AI software oh, so called just- Quillbot. Just keep running which, it which will AI completely paraphrase wandering <laughs> but if you had this thing write it let's say you're worried about some kind of detection but then all of a sudden you want to like all right let me rephrase this to something more formal or scientific you can run it this piece of software i've used before called quillbot it'll completely rephrase the whole thing like syntax makes sense structure makes sense wow. it's just there i just finished writing my third book i'm so upset yeah you should just say 
Right. right. PSL2 manual. Yeah. Thanks. Reworded. Well, it's that, probably better. It's definitely <laughs> going to be better than what I've I think they're going for an initial raise now, like in, in the next couple months, and their valuation's already, you know, double-digit billions. Now, does any of this – this, to me, is the is the pretense to sentient AI language. Just judging Concerns. by the ability of that piece of software alone – it how it broke onto the scene. I'm sure they were working on it for a long time, yeah. but its efficacy is just fucking unreal. But yeah, yeah. It's, I guess it's it's the product that's because the, this has been accessible. This tool has been accessible to people in the know for a long time, longer than it's obviously been accessible to us. But it's just sure. the the U the UI UX of it is what makes it scary. Well, and then think about all the commercial applications. They can probably get rid of every customer service agent on the planet. Think about when they train that thing to have a voice component. You call up. It's never going to be a call center again. You're never going to chat God. with a human again on the internet because you uh, won't need to. This thing will be smarter, faster, more yeah. knowledgeable, more accurate. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not writing blogs anymore. This thing's doing it I for was, me. Uh, I, I found this thing. It was a post on, you know that uh, um, Instagram page Metaverse? You follow oh. it? They just, they're like a news account for all things that happen in nfts crypto tech all that stuff and let me see if i can find this post it was like you don't have to work anymore you can start a business and have it just completely run by ai and um let me see if i can find it what, what's the application of that though some uh -huh. fucking cookbooks or something that's writing it dishing it off to like some amazon thing or right here fucking so slow okay am i am i to read through this Start a business and let AI do all the work. First off, AI can give you feedback on your business idea. Yeah, that makes sense. What about a website? Need a professional photo for your product? Jesus Christ. Need art for your business. Well, hey, have you ever used the image generation function on ChatGPT? No. So like you could plug in. I'll show you. I actually created a, like a something I just use as like a background on my phone. Hang on. Oh yeah, you Hold showed on. me this Luke as just, like a Godzilla figure. How many people did the did you do the Lensa thing? Oh yeah. Did you? You paid was it four ninety nine? I don't remember. So uh, look, you just Apple Pay it. I it was uh so like I, I told terrible. Chat, I told ChatGPT to do this. It's like create a picture of a giant schnauzer destroying <laughs> a city. That looked okay, but man, remember I remember people putting up AI art like six months ago and it was in it you, it looked like you were drunk looking through a kaleidoscope like it didn't look like anything right now it's that's that. how much it's yeah. progressed it's and crazy. it's getting probably 10 million user requests a day so it's learning from yeah. 10 different mil, 10 million different inputs a day there's a gpt 4.0 that's supposed to be coming out next year and the the data pool the data set that it's drawing from is like like infinitesimally larger than what it's currently drawing from you know what's interesting so I, I saw that there's coding applications for it so you could tell it to write a piece of code now like mm -hmm. i want a piece of code that does this like i don't know that world but like i saw it in real time on a video it's like write me a piece of code that's just just does the whole thing for you like build me an app that does this i think i mean there's there's two major concerns one that it turns into sentient ai and i think language would be the the number one or the first tool that you need to wield for this thing mm -hmm. to be truly artificial intelligence outside of machine learning. A lot of what people claim to be AI is just really sophisticated if this, then that statements, but that right. is terrifying. Well, imagine that becomes an advisor to a government or a group of governments, right? 
But like, what do we do in this situation? Or what if it's like, we need you to be the failsafe? And this is exactly the premise of Terminator 3, right? <laughs> what, what, what do we do in case this happens? And it becomes like a military advising software. And they mm-hmm. run it like this was this was not a great version of the Terminator movies, but it was it was pretty interesting because they showed that like the turn on point for Skynet. And it's like you're going to be the last fail safe. You're going to be the firewall for the entire military missile command, everything like that. And the second it was turned on, it started running. It spread every computer on the world in on the entire world. Right. And they mm-hmm. realized that the threat that it was protecting itself from was humanity, not other machines or not foreign enemies. It was like the humans that turned it on were the actual problem to get rid of them. It's like uh, iRobot, similar. Yeah. Same thing. But I just think like, I mean, as we look up on the TV, I still see, or we just had the Pegasus thing up and it's like, yeah. all right, well here we have something like an iPhone that is probably known to be the safest commercial technology device that we have, right? The company does you know, goes to great lengths to market that and to bring that to fruition. Like, do you guys remember the San Bernardino shooter case? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, no, actually. So I mean, this I is actually a big McAfee story. Uh, I, to, to my Crazy McAfee? Crazy dead McAfee that like, got epstein in Barcelona. Oh, yeah. He, How dude, did he die? Legend. They got epstein Really? Dude, what was, he, why? So he, he was, was, he was suicided? He, he got suicided. So he was in, <laughs> I think he was in Spain, and he was getting, like, extradited. But he was 72 years, 72 years old or something, maybe older. And he had, he was blatantly on record saying, I don't, I don't pay taxes. Like, fuck them. I'm not paying taxes. <laughs> he also killed a guy. Like, oh, he yeah. killed his neighbor down in, like, Mexico or South America or something. He was living a pretty, ins- you hear the story of his Dude, life in South America? Yeah. No. It was fucking nuts. Just cocaine and hookers everywhere. It's oh, like wow. a oh, Hunter yeah. S. Thompson. A, a <laughs> yeah, he was. Internet security. <laughs> like, I don't know. Was he still making money off of that internet security company? McAfee. Yeah, I think he may have made so much that he's living off the interest. Oh, and just... also in South America. Like, you know, it's going pretty far. Yeah. But. Well, cocaine's so, expensive. And I'm not where you get it from the source. I'm sure Fair he was enough. buying in bulk. <laughs> I'm sure. Economies <laughs> of scale. Have a hundred kilo discount. Last he, uh, of the year. <laughs> so he was like on record, like, yeah, fuck them. I don't pay taxes. But in kind of pertinent to this conversation, it was to my understanding when they went to Apple and they said, and the government misstep because they said, hey, give us a tool to unlock any iPhone. And Apple was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What did you just say? They're like, uh, give us a tool to unlock this iPhone. They're like, no, no, no. What was the first thing you said? Because <laughs> they were, they, that's what they wanted. They wanted like a master key to iPhones. Mm-hmm. And Tim Cook being the seemingly diligent, onerous, right. noble, uh, high tech, not crazy uh, CEO was like, yeah, we're not going to do that, man. Like that's going to violate consumer trust. And that's probably one of the big reasons that Apple is in position, the position it's in. And it's to my understanding that basically John McAfee said, give it to me. Give me the fucking phone. And he, his people were the one that unlocked it. He did? Right. Yeah. And I don't know how much of it was him, right? Like, is he sitting down there writing lines mm-hmm. of code? But, but he wouldn't tell them how, right? No, no. He's like, give it to me. I'll crack it. And he gave it back to him and he got into the phone. What Whoa. the fuck? But I, yeah, how could then, you say no as Apple, right? Because, like, you're that big. Like, you can, they could, the antitrust regulators could ruin your business in a day. But I think you hit it on the head. They're that big. And it was, and it was so public. And you know. I, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. No, I just my at least my two cents on the matter is like I feel like the government has a lot more power than they would ever willingly 
Sure. Oh, so they, it's all up front. They go to app like, hey, can you do this for us? Yeah, it's already open. Like, it's been yeah, open. Yeah, like, we got it. It's in the back. Put it in the yeah, Washington yeah. Post. We already got the guy. Oh no. Oh, okay. On. All right. We'll blame it on the guy. We're gonna kill in ten years. Hey, McAfee. Thank. Oh, cool. I mean, imagine <laughs> if you piss off U.S. regulators. Like, oops, you like your business? I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, I don't man. know. I'm I'm concerned. I think the Chat GPT thing will go down in history as uh what we got like the the printing press the internet technological the world will never be the same again right yeah it's an it's an inflection point to what i'm not sure you know what's weird though we're watching the birth of it in real time like when did this come out a couple months ago generation has seen such wild shit like when when we were little kids like there weren't even cell phones yeah i didn't have a computer until high school really yeah Oh wow! I mean, I what did yeah, you do? I probably had one in high school. Yeah, like <laughs> road bikes. The riding bikes was a big part of my childhood. Like I, you yeah, remember I growing up, you heard the modem going off in the computer room in your house, and, like, <laughs> and it's like now you're like, <laughs> oh, I want to look at videos of giraffes at While two I'm in the morning. Poop, right? Like <laughs> done, and it's gonna be the fastest download speed imaginable. My concern is, and I, I was talking to someone, and the divide is so crazy because, like, I think we are literally. Uh, you're uh, what 91 92 92 92 91. a 91 i'm a 90 we are probably the last three years of people to go through major uh like mental social developmental milestones without the influence of the entire world i mm-hmm. strongly believe that after like if someone talks to me to lenders fucking video guy is born in like 2002 that doesn't register what? to me what like year 2002 mm-hmm. like he's maggie simpson dude that's when i, that's when I like, watched the world trade center or the year before that was, yes you're watching was he wasn't even world. alive for that i was in the sixth grade when yeah. that happened dude there there's uh no. now anyone you're right, you're right. You careful and, <laughs> watch that. anybody who's whose um birth year starts with one nine yeah. now is old enough to drink alcohol I don't know. No, wild. But I also think like that that cutoff there would that'll be like oh you're or you're a two thousand person, you're a two thousand like you're a because they all have the broccoli haircuts. Dude, what? The I just fuck learned that was the, who told me that? Did you tell me that? <laughs> no, I didn't Dude, they look like that. a every I had a conversation. With a dangly earring looks like a goddamn piece of asparagus. <laughs> I, I had this conversation with somebody the other day because like I've been weird. really aware of this haircut trend that's come out and it's like obviously all like twenty year olds. Yeah. And every time I see them, I'm like, oh, you were born, you know, 2000 yeah. X, whatever it was. Uh-huh. And it's like they all these young yeah, dudes the have the same. Are they getting hair. perms, though? Why are yeah. their hair yeah. curly? Is perms. It, actually. Could you imagine? Perms oh. and they shave the rest of their head? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, well, it's essentially just a curly, How do we stop curly this? version of like what I have. Short on the sides, long on the top, yeah. but the extreme it's just, and super not perm, curled up. Though. Imagine like you're knocking on your neighbor's door like i keep it down and he's got like curlers in <laughs> right I'm like you're getting punched 100 <laughs> percent. you're fucking rocked God, get the fuck out of here yeah scary times ahead my friends scary times yeah well, no, i know you got a hard cut off so where can people find you everybody oh, knows. We do? oh you're the bull and co-host on this huh yeah oh so he, he said he's adopting co-host role i guess yeah you got airtime i didn't realize i had i thought I'm it was more like a collective you. team thing now i'm, I'm looking out for you I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> yeah, now I feel like I'm on the fucking view with two meatheads right now. Yeah, That's what are. this is. Yeah. Oh, do we need to do, do I need to do the Instagram thing? 
I've been. You know what, guys? Don't my look, hand is stamped on the hybrid don't, don't look for him. Don't look for <laughs> go, him. He doesn't go bug Marcus on Instagram because that's what makes me happy. Right? <laughs> let's let's make sure Marcus gets so annoyed with your DMs on Instagram. Oh, and my everybody, Instagram. everybody, make sure to send Jordan tons of memes. Please, yes. Specifically fitness memes. Fitness memes. If you DM me, I'm going to block you. Uh, Preferably the uncreative one of the school bus on the train track with the train coming. Because that's that's real. (laughs) That's that's a real fucking head scratch. That's not a good meme. It's not, not, but it's it's fitness. They're so dumb. Well, okay. But there's memes that we saw about the world. Yeah, but like, I think politics, and this gives you some light into how stupid fitness is. Politics (laughs) is at least slightly more uh, creative than fitness. Right, like that Jimmy Fallon with the thing with MSNBC and the Twitter files. Like that I don't was, like that. That's it, a bad meme format. It's a thinker. It's a bad meme format. <laughs> Dog, it's better than the old oh go. There's a school bus. The on school the bus one truck. sucks. But there's good ones out there. Not in fitness. Not on semi politics. Mike Woodbury. The only funny fitness ones. <laughs> the only funny fitness ones have to do with steroids. We all know that. Yeah, anything where there's an anthropomorphized bottle of Trent. Like it was a bottle of Trent. <laughs> Did I send you that today? <laughs> Did, did, I send you, it? did I send you that? No, you didn't send it. It was a trend bologna sandwich. It was really oh, good. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going to show you this. I'm sure I could piece it together. <laughs> what more no, 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 is no. That? This is going to be meme review. Hold on. Uh, is this going to be yeah. a segment? No, no, no. I yeah, just want you to review the meme. Thing? I want you to review oh, the meme. That's not a meme. It's a video. Just fucking watch it. Hey. Get out of my sandwich. Can you give that? Nothing? <laughs> Nothing. Bubkis. It's a trend bologna sandwich. I get it. You smiled. Played. That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm just... Anyways. We're, we're, uh, that was this, pitiful. This whole thing. Do you done. have uh, anything coming up you want to plug? No, I don't know. I don't know. Get your pet spayed and neutered. <laughs> call, call your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with this. I'm done with the internet. <laughs> you can't take my line. Is that what you use? Okay, that's, that's Bob Barker's line. I've done that line, line before it was no, a not thing. No, not the spade and neutered. The, no. We're done not here. Not the spade and neutered. Oh. Just the done. I, well, that's, it was an homage. I try and do that every day. <laughs> it was an homage. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. All right. You can take it. Thanks for listening.